ESPN Daily is presented by YouTube TV. Try it free today at youtube.com slash NBA 23. New users only. Terms apply. Cancel anytime. Hey guys, Izzy here. Today we're bringing back one of our favorite episodes of the year so far. It's about a man who hit a three-quarters court shot at halftime of a Chicago Bulls game to become a millionaire. Or so he thought. So enjoy this one, hosted by Emily Kaplan and told expertly by reporter Ryan Hawkinsman. And we'll be back tomorrow with new shows. I'm Israel Gutierrez. It's Tuesday, May 30th. This is ESPN Daily. Ryan Hawkinsmith, I want you to take us back to April 14th, 1993. It's almost 30 years ago to the day at the late grade Chicago Stadium, which was home to the Chicago Bulls before the United Center. What happened that evening? Well, on that night, a young office supplies salesman named Don Calhoun, he was only 23 years old. He went to the Bulls game, he hustled in, and on his way in, some workers at the arena grabbed him and said, hey, you want to sign up for this contest? You have to take a three-quarter court shot. If you make it, you win a million dollars. They're like, hey, hey, would you like to take the million-dollar shot tonight? And I was like, huh? She's like, well, all you got to do is uh, you sign this waiver here just to get you down to the floor. It's a contest. One shot from three-quarters court. If you make it, you win a million dollars. And the Bulls have been running this contest. They ran it 19 times before that night. No one had come close. Two people clunked the backboard, one or two hit the rim, everything else was an air ball. The estimate of someone like Don Calhoun making that shot is actually less than 1%. The only thing he remembers as he got ready, came down to the court, was someone saying, whatever you do, do not touch the free throw line. Don't cross over the free throw line. So I get out there and she goes, all you have to do is take and shoot down there. Don't cross this free throw line. I'm like, here I am at Chicago Stadium. I got this thing. I'm going to go down to the floor and take a shot for a million dollars. I said, Michael Jordan's house. As he got ready for this shot in front of this entire roaring crowd, he felt this weird calm come over him. And it's because he was thinking about his brother, Clarence. He took one fast dribble. And he thought to himself, this one's for Clarence. I take the dribble, and I say, this is on Clarence and everything. And I threw it. And then he threw a missile the entire length of the court. And I remember the force of the throw pulling me forward. And my right foot landed just behind the line. And the ball went. And I'm watching it. And I'm like, it's going to hit the shot clock. But no. It sailed right below it, and then it just dropped. That young man being hugged has just won a million dollars here at Chicago Stadium. The crowd goes crazy. He raises his arms up in the air, and then he ends up getting swallowed into this bull's huddle. They are ecstatic. It's absolute mayhem. For 30 seconds, it looks like they just won their 10th title in a row. 
Calhoun is just getting bumped, pushed around. People are yelling at him. And he found himself at the end just directly in the middle of the Bulls huddle. He was like the 13th man on the team. The sea kind of parted of all the other Bulls players. And there stood Michael Jordan himself. I promise you, man, everybody just departed to the left and to the right. And you can see it that Michael Jordan was standing right down there with it at the end with his hands up, going, woo, like this, both hands up. And I went and I gave the God high five, bro. And I turned around, he smacked me on the butt, said, good shot, kid. Jordan ends up yelling at him, smacking him on the butt, telling him it was a great shot. And it's actually like a really fun moment. Don Calhoun felt like his life had changed, and it, it did change that night. And he was the toast of Chicago for the next 24 hours, but he was the toast of the country. Don Calhoun from way, way downtown, buying a million dollars. At halftime of the Bulls game, a promotion, he walks into Chicago Stadium and somebody pulls him over and says, you're going to get a shot at halftime for a million dollars. He says the woman who chose the contestants picked him because she, quote, liked his shoes. <laughs> Every major newspaper, lots of TV newscasts at the time, all ran this clip of Don Calhoun making this shot. Finally from us this evening, the million dollar basket. There's no doubt in our mind whatsoever that you may have heard or seen this story already today. But we reckon some things are worth savoring. Don Calhoun was plucked from the stands at the Chicago Bulls basketball game last night, handed a ball, and told to shoot. And he nailed it. And he was a millionaire. Or so he thought. Thirty years ago, a 23-year-old office supply salesman named Don Calhoun made a three-quarter court shot for $1 million, sending all of Chicago Stadium, including Michael Jordan himself, into a frenzy. But shortly after this unforgettable scene, a viral moment at the time, rumors began to swirl that Don Calhoun might not receive his prize money. So today, Ryan Hawkinsmith tells us the story of how a nearly impossible shot ultimately needed an assist from an unlikely source, and how that gesture forever changed the lives of one Chicago man and his family. The NFL schedule drops this week, kiddos, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, and every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code DAILY. That's code DAILY. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. So, Ryan, how's your three-quarter court shot? Like, are you hurling it like a quarterback with one arm, or are you getting a running start and trying to keep it with two hands? My three-quarter court shot's terrible. I have, like, a little <laughs> bit of a banged-up rotator cuff, so I actually went down to a basketball court 
at my kid's school on the playground and just stood there and looked at what it would take. And I ended up deciding I would have to totally Pat McAfee it and just punt it because I don't <laughs> think I could even get the ball there. It's 80 feet. Ryan, when I'm rewatching this, it strikes me that wardrobe feels kind of important too because you'd want maximum freedom of movement, but Don Calhoun, he's wearing jeans and then his shoes in particular, those feel important. Yeah, the shoes, I mean, he got picked because of the shoes. He was with a friend who had on nice dress shoes and they were like, we don't want that guy, we want you. We do not want you to scuff up the court. Were they sneakers? They, 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 was, they was World Cups. It was called Stadius. Okay. I remember those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I think I would go with sneakers, sweatpants, and I just got a new Top Gun t-shirt. So I would wear the Top Gun (laughs) t-shirt and hope for the best. I got to learn more about this guy, Don Calhoun. Where does his story begin? Well, he grew up in the Chicago area, a bunch of siblings. Clarence was his big older bro. They played a ton of basketball, but it was always on the playground. I have an older brother, Clarence, that started playing basketball, and he was good at it. He kind of got me into it. We were good. I mean, we were damn good. You know, pretty much legendary for where we're from. Both of them ended up being pretty good players, but they just never had much luck making junior high, JV, and varsity teams. And Don himself actually never played in high school. He never officially played on the team. They were very tough guards, smaller guys. They loved dog and ball handlers on defense. He took great pride in that. Clarence graduated and he went to a junior college for his freshman year and then he transferred to DePaul and he walked on with the basketball team as a sophomore. Don, what he saw from Clarence going off to college and giving it a shot really motivated him. It inspired Don. And so he kind of took a very, very similar path where he was going to, when he left high school, he wanted to play hoops at a small school, maybe transfer to a bigger school. But then one weekend, Clarence was on his way home from DePaul and he was going to hang out with his family for a couple of days. And the family got the worst phone call you could get, which is that Clarence had gotten very tired on the drive home. And he pulled over to rest a little bit, and a car hit his car and ended up killing him. Clarence Calhoun died. He was 20 years old. That's awful and tragic. How did Clarence's death impact Don? Clarence's death rocked him. It was unbelievable, man, to watch my bro try and achieve so much and to go so hard and just to build his confidence to be... And then to share that with everybody that was around him and uplift people. And then, bam, wait a minute, man. This is a bad movie. This is one of those bad movies we used to watch. He looked up to his older brother so much. He ended up not graduating on time. He had to go back and do some coursework the year after he should have graduated. But he got his diploma, and it took a while, but he eventually got to a headspace where he started to use his brother's memory as fuel for himself. And he bounced around at a couple of different community colleges. And he walked on with both basketball teams. There's not a lot of websites and game footage from, from those days. So I did find a newspaper account from back in 1993 that says he ended up playing in 11 career community college games. And he, he was three of 12 from the field. Not the most successful career. He was proud of himself just for getting on the team and playing a little bit. He felt like that was quite an accomplishment. 
And so when did he walk away from basketball? When does his basketball career end? Well, he found out his longtime girlfriend was pregnant and he got a job as an office supply salesman and he, and he walked away from school. But man, he was good at selling office supplies, you know, binders, notebooks, day planners, you name it. Don Calhoun was the guy to talk to. I was selling office supplies. Yep, selling office supplies. You remember how office supplies used to look back in the early 90s? It wasn't like uh, all these electronics, but it was all these notepads, day runners, Rolodex. So that brings us back to the night of the big shot. Again, it was a three-quarter court shot for $1 million. How did a contest like this even come to fruition back in 1993? Well, one of the reasons I love this story was like, how do these work? Where did they come from? How do they work? And I found it to be very interesting. The money comes from the franchises, but it's through insurance. They find contest insurance companies. So the math on these contests is a little bit complicated. Let me let me use a very basic slim down example, which is let's say it's a three-quarter court shot and the prize is $100. They will sit down and look at a contest and they'll try to figure out the percentage chance that someone could achieve this contest. For a three-quarter court shot, if we use that as an example, they think that's less than 1%. What an insurance company will do is they will take the prize amount, $100 in this example, they'll figure out the chance of making it, 1%, and then they double that to make sure they're making some money. So if it's a $100 contest that they think has a 1% chance of being completed, they will charge the team $2 every time they run it. So in the case of the Bulls, that means every time the team wants to run a $1 million contest with a 1% success rate, the insurance company would charge the team $20,000 every time they run it. But if someone makes that miracle shot, that means that the insurance company would pay the entire million-dollar prize. So this is a mega liability. Absolutely. That's why you don't see too many millions. You know, you'll see 50,000, you'll see 100,000, you'll see 500,000. But the insurance companies, they're good at this. They know that even that 1% chance is just, I mean, if you insure it 100 times at 20,000, they end up doubling their money. And so, you know, even these ones that are like, oh, I think I could make that shot. It's like, you probably can't. But he does. He does. And that's the craziest thing about this. In 1993, Don Calhoun makes the shot and is supposed to win a million dollars. But like any contest, there's some fine print, right? So what exactly is that fine print telling us? Yeah, breaking news, insurance companies don't really want to pay ever. So the fine print is a little squishy. They use the term organized basketball. You can't have played organized basketball if you're doing a basketball contest. And I probed, what's the definition of organized basketball? Is Don Calhoun really organized basketball? He was three of 12 in community college. Is that organized basketball? Part of the contest was like, if you played any organized ball within the past five years, it made you ineligible for the contest. But they didn't, they, they knew I had played. They didn't think I was gonna make the shot. It's a complicated thing. What if you were the best YMCA player for 10 years, you know, and you got called down on the court? Is that organized basketball? 
Calhoun says he put on the form that I played basketball three years earlier. I played at these two community colleges. I played some games. And he said it was no big deal. They signed him up and, and gave him the T-shirt and he was ready to compete. That changed after he made the shot. <laughs> the insurance company disagreed that he had not played organized basketball. They considered it organized basketball. And after he won, news reports began to circulate in Chicago that despite making that shot in front of all those thousands of people, Don Calhoun might not be getting the money. So what happens next? Well, that's really bad PR. <laughs> so, <laughs> so as that was sort of getting sorted out, the Bulls held their own press conference. Calhoun sat beside Jerry Reinsdorf. It was broadcast. Lots of people watched it. This was back when everybody watched the nightly news and got the newspaper every day. And so they wanted to very emphatically say he will be getting the million dollars. And he got his first of 20 annual $50,000 payments. It was not $1 million check. It was 20 years in a row getting 50000 And after that, his life did change. In the next few weeks, he was on The Tonight Show, a bunch of other TV shows. He got a cup of coffee as a member of the Harlem Globetrotters, played a bunch of hoops with them. He was the unofficial mayor of Chicago for a brief period. Everybody knew Don Calhoun. When they hold that press conference zone, they say they're going to pay him and he's going to get his first payment. Who exactly is funding it? Well, he ended up not getting many details about how the sponsors and the insurance company worked it out. He just didn't care. He just, he took yes for an answer. I think the leader in the clubhouse theory is that the Bulls and Coca-Cola and another sponsor ended up just paying it themselves. What he didn't know, though, is that uh, a few weeks later, he would find out that he may have gotten a key assist from a secret source that he never would have expected, which is Michael Jordan himself. Coming up, how his airness helped Don Calhoun get paid. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you people wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first one or for your fashionista mom who likes to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate with them both. You can shop by price anywhere from 25 bucks and under to, say, 100 bucks and below. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, or even pre-wrapped gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Delicious meat nutritious. In the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Trust me, I've been eating them like there's no tomorrow all week. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, 
perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you, like me, are on the go a lot. Taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries, whatever it may be. Well, the good news is not only are Wonderful Pistachios a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snack game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. So, Ryan, you mentioned earlier how it was absolute mayhem in Chicago Stadium after Don Calhoun hits his three-quarter court shot. The crowd erupted, the Bulls team erupted, and Michael Jordan himself slapped Don on the backside and said, good shot, kid. What was the rest of that night like for Don? After he made the shot, he was asked to stick around and do interview after interview. This guy got interviewed more that night than any of the players. I wasn't thinking a million dollars, not at all. Just, just shooting the ball. I knew it was going in, but I still couldn't believe it. I tell you, it, it was just like life to me, just spontaneous. That's unbelievable. He was just going from camera setup to camera setup, and it was right outside the Bulls locker room. And as he's doing these, Bulls players keep popping in and out, and... um. They loved this shot so much. I can't even express how happy they were. They just kept wandering over and saying they wanted a piece of Don Calhoun themselves. And so they would say congratulations. And he had the basketball because the ref, one of the refs, had come over and slapped him on the back and given him the basketball that he had shot. So he was holding this and doing these interviews. And uh, all the players kept coming over, hugging him, handshakes, signing the basketball, so Calhoun got, he got signatures from Horace Grant, Scottie Pippen, John Paxson, B.J. Armstrong, even a couple of the Heat players from that night. And as he got ready to do a, one of his last live hits, he saw Jordan and a Bulls worker come out and they were standing nearby and he made eye contact with MJ and MJ smiled at him and was, he was clearly there waiting to talk to Don. I'm on the floor with NBC, all the major net news networks, man, got me doing, I'm doing interviews, interviews. Jordan comes out of the locker room. I'm telling you, man, I was supposed to go over there and talk to Jordan and do a quick interview. And this lady was like, hey, Michael's over here, we're doing, come over. And I was like... Don wanted to pull the headset off and just run from this 50th TV interview that he was about to do. But of course, he had a producer. He said, this producer in my ear just kept saying, okay, we're live in 13 seconds, 12 seconds. Wait, 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 okay, wait, it's gonna be 30 seconds. So he just kept getting delayed and MJ standing there and standing there and standing there. And eventually he went live on camera and he did the best interview that he possibly could because his heart's broken as he saw Jordan whisper something to the, the Bulls staffer and Jordan left. He'd gotten tired of waiting. And I looked, I probably seen him like about 30 seconds, about twice, and he was gone, man. And I blew that opportunity because that reporter was telling me, okay, we can ready to go on live right now, right now, right now on air. So Don does this last deflating interview and he was just like realizing, oh, I'm not going to meet, I'm not going to beat Michael Jordan after all. And it crushed him. But he just had this feeling like maybe, just maybe, I will run into Michael Jordan somewhere down the road and then I'll get this autograph and I'll say hello to him. Yeah, like I live in Chicago. It's a city of neighbors. You run into people all the time, but I have a hard time imagining he's just going to magically run into Michael Jordan. So how does he try to manifest this for himself? 
Well, for the next few months, he did not run into Michael Jordan at a gas station or anything. So it was going to take some planning. And he'd heard from a friend, Michael Jordan had kids that played basketball in the area in high school. And so he thought, what if I go to one of those games, you know? And so he found out about one of his uh, son's games and he went to the game and he showed up with, uh, with the basketball and he had two Sports Illustrated magazines, which had covered the shot that Don had made. And so he tried to walk up to Jordan and Jordan was in this his own section with security, kind of blocked off from everybody while trying to watch the game. And security jumped right up and said, no, 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 you're not, you're not coming up here. His security guy was like, well, Michael doesn't do anything when he's with his kids. And Calhoun said, just tell him I'm out here and I'll come up like afterwards or something. Or, or look, look, here, give him the ball. He's like, nope, he doesn't do it. Michael has a firm policy, 100% no autographs at kids' events. He just doesn't, doesn't do that. And Don tried to explain, hey, I'm Don Calhoun. I'm the guy who made the million-dollar shot. And the security guy said, no, sorry, no autographs. But as the game got near the end, a very unlikely thing happened in the stands. The same security guard came to Don and said, listen, Michael's going to walk out of here after the game. He's going to walk to his car. If you want to walk with him, you can. And Don got very excited. This was going to be the culmination of, <laughs> of that night at the Bulls game. He got his ball. He got the Sharpie ready, the magazines ready. And sure enough, as the Jordan crew left the high school, they grabbed him. They swept him up, and he did this short walk with Michael Jordan. And the first thing Jordan said to him was, did you get your money? And Calhoun said, yes. First thing he said, hey, did you get your money? I goes, uh, yeah, I got it. He, goes, he said, yeah, I know, because we, he said, we, we, we made them give it to you. He said, he said we, were, we were upset. And then Jordan said something that really shocked him. Jordan said, we made them give it to you. We were upset that they were trying to not pay you. Wait, so MJ tells him, we made them pay you. Like, what does that mean? What does Don think of that? He was stunned. He'd heard rumors that part of the reason he ended up getting the money, the part of the reason why they had that press conference said, we're going to take care of this, was because the players themselves had loved the moment and hated that the headlines were swirling and maybe wasn't going to get paid. They were very agitated that this dude might not get his money. And so... This moment with Michael was sort of confirmation for him that Michael Jordan himself had helped make him a millionaire. I wanted further confirmation. I reached out to Jordan, I reached out to the Bulls, and everybody declined on giving me a official comment and confirmation on this. So we're going with Don here, but I, I believe him. So Don gets to meet MJ, and they're walking to his car. Does Jordan sign the ball for Don in that moment? No, he did not. What? <laughs> Jordan, yeah, Jordan was like, hey, a rule's a rule, and I do not sign autographs at my kids' stuff. I'm here to see my kids. And Don respected that. So what Jordan said was, bring it down to my steakhouse and drop it off, and I'll, I'll, I'll sign it down there sometime. And so Don waved goodbye. Jordan hopped in his car, and he thanked him one more time for, for advocating on his behalf. And Don's walking out of there with this ball, and he, he really felt like Michael Jordan's signature was... He needed that. He was really wrestling with how important this ball was to him with the concept of just like walking to the front desk at this restaurant and being like, hi, can you get this autograph for me? And the fact that it was a basketball itself, like this was a sport that he had like kind of a tormented relationship with. 
You know, he had never technically played a lot of organized basketball. And then the term organized basketball almost keeps him from his greatest achievement, making this shot. So he wrestled with it. And like, was he really going to do that? And the answer is yes, he was going to do exactly that. He needed Michael Jordan's signature. So he drove over there one day and he explained the deal to a person at the restaurant. And I think it was like an assistant manager there. And he said, I really need MJ's signature on this. This is the most, this is an artifact from the most important moment of my life. And it must've worked because a few weeks later he got a call to come on over to the steakhouse, get the ball. And the person said, hey, Michael signed it and he wishes you well. So Ryan, as we near this 30th anniversary, you got in touch with Don Calhoun. Where is he now? What's his life like? As much as I love the part of this story about this guy making a shot, my favorite part is the way that this story ends. Don's 53 now. He has four children. He still kind of lives a middle-class life. He works a job in the Chicago area. The checks stopped coming in 2013, so he got the money from 1993 up through 2013. And the money really impacted his family in a positive way. His oldest son, his name's Clarence, in honor of his late brother. That little Clarence kid who was three years old when his dad went to a Bulls game in 1993, he is 33 now and passed his boards and did his residency. And he got a piece of paper in May of 2021 that he tore open and it officially said, Dr. Clarence Calhoun. What a coda to this story because Clarence is going off to college, one of the first people in the Calhoun family to go to college. It, it probably doesn't happen without this money. And so from ages three to 23, Clarence's life and his siblings were all aided immensely by his dad making this shot. So when he got that certificate that he was Dr. Clarence Calhoun, it felt like an important end of one chapter in the Calhoun family story and the beginning of a new one. I invested all that into my son. Everything. The shot, my experiences, my brother's experiences, life's experiences, you know. He he was right there with me, telling me all along, like I'm telling you, Dad, we're going to make it. I'm going to be something. I'm going to be somebody. Don was so happy, and after a minute or two of just hugging his son, he walked out of the room and he came back and he was holding two things that he wanted to give to his son. One was the shoes he had worn during the Calhoun shot, and Clarence started laughing because he looked down, there was a signature on the shoes, and when he looked at the signature, the signature was Don Calhoun, who had signed his own shoes. Uh, his dad can be like kind of a lovable goofball, very inspiring, lovable goofball, but a goofball. The second item, Calhoun did not hand it to his son. He reared back and he threw a pass at his son's chest. And he said, here, I want you to have this. It was that basketball with MJ's signature and with all the other Bulls and Heat players. And as he left that day with the shoes and the certificate that said, you're Dr. Clarence Calhoun now, under the other arm, he had his dad's old basketball. 
Oh, Ryan, this is great. Thank you for telling this story. Thanks for getting in touch with Don and finding out what happened. Um, I say thank you on behalf of me and the listeners, but also all of my friends in the Chicagoland area who are just obsessed with the MJ Bulls. No, thank you for the opportunity to tell the story of the actual most important shot in Bulls history. Yeah, the true last dance. I'm Emily Kaplan. This has been ESPN Daily. I'll talk to you tomorrow.